Check, check. I'm on. I'm on already? Wow. That was wonderful. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, let me uh, say this. I want you to know, um, sorry for yelling um, and praying real weird. Here's what you need to know. I, I'm well aware that like praying like this doesn't like attract new people. Like it's not like friendly and like really cool. Um, but what I want you to know is that I'm not hungry for your approval. I'm hungry for Jesus's, and I am I'm, I'm, I'm after God right now in my life. Like there's nothing, thanks be, that I want more than Jesus. I'm starving, literally, <laughs> during this fast, and um, believing God that he's going to do crazy things in your lives. Some of y'all text in some of the darkest hours of your life and need God to move. And what I want you to know is that we want to have an anointing that when people need God, we have that. And that anointing that you want in your life isn't, like, it's not cheap. The scripture, like uh, Billy Graham said once, that discipleship or salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you everything. And if you look at what the disciples did to get God to move in their life, it's intense. They weren't casual about their faith. They were aggressive about their prayer life. They were aggressive with huge sacrifice, abandoning everything in their life to go after the Lord. And those were the people that people looked for when tragedy was in their lives, as they lined the people up on the streets as Peter walked down the road, hoping that a miracle would fall on them. I, I don't know, but I know that like hardship comes to people and we want God to be in our life in such a way that God can use us to do the things that the scripture says that we're capable of. Because either this book is nice or it's real. And I don't, if he said that it's supposed to be happening and I'm trying it, why isn't it happening? Then I want to improve my I want to step it up. As an athlete, my, my son's an athlete, I'm a coach. And what I recognize, there's some people that, that play baseball and they suck. They're terrible. They're, they're not good, you know? But if you change what you're doing, you can improve anything. You can get good at knitting. You can get good at, at, at you know, anything, running. You can get better. But you can't be okay with where you are. And so what I know is that in my life, the results that I have are not what I want. I want greater things. Amen? I'm hungry for Jesus. And I pray, yesterday the Lord rebuked me as we were with prayer with our, with our people in our church, and he rebuked me because he told me, Tim, you, you don't tell your church enough how hungry you are. And it crushed me. I was crying. Because I think about it like this. If we're hanging out and we're driving in my truck and we're going somewhere and I look over at you and I say, hey, I'm hungry. First thing we're going to do is pull around to a McDonald's. And, and because I'm hungry, you'll probably get a burger or a fry, right? Because I'm hungry. But if I tell you that I'm not hungry for food, I'm hungry for Christ. These are the things that need to be spoke about amongst fellowship, amongst the believers, amongst the saints. What I'm hungry for is righteousness. What I'm hungry for is truth. What I'm hungry for is a move of God. Okay, I got to get my sermon. And um, I, I, I practice this for, to preach this in five minutes uh, because I'm trying to do this simple today and we'll see how this works.
Can you all stand with me for the reading of the Word of God? Uh, Brian, we're going to go to uh, Matthew chapter 4. And for those of you that are at home, uh, I know it's weird, uh, but stand in your, uh, in front of your couch and uh, uh, tell your kids to be quiet for, for two seconds. <laughs> they can be loud again in one second. Here we go. I'm going to read this for you, and uh, then we'll, we'll pray. Then Jesus was led by the, spil- by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted, and he became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, then tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The Scripture says, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city of Jerusalem and to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, then jump off. For the Scripture says, He will order His angels to protect you, and then they will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot against the stone. But Jesus responded, The Scripture also says, You must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to a peak, a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And I will give it all to you, he said. And if you kneel down and worship me, he said, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Jesus, help. Amen. You can have a seat. We are um, in a series right now that we're calling First Fruits simply because this is the first time of the year. Um, we're going to dive more into First Fruits over the next couple of weeks. We're, I'm fo- trying to focus in on some of the values of our church. We have, we have a, a, a vision, we have a mission, but the values of our church are the things that we want to see in each person, the makeup of a person. It's the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, generosity, and relationships. And today, I believe the Lord led me to this passage to explain the priority of some of these values that we want to see in you. Let me explain this. This may not be your home church, and that's cool. But if you go to a church and you don't see those values in the church, Something's wrong. If you go to a a, a church service and you don't see these kinds of values, something's wrong. If you meet a believer and you don't see these kinds of values, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, generosity, and a desire for people, then something is off. It's just you're not going to be healthy without these things going on. With that being said, um, we're talking about first fruits, and the concept of first fruits is that if we, these were crops, so we had a missionary come about a month and a half ago. He's a good friend of mine, Jason, blonde hair guy, really tall, really ugly looking. He's actually really good looking, but uh, I like to make fun of him. Anyways, he was telling me, I took him out to lunch that day, and he was telling me that um, in their church, they don't take offerings because they live in the bush of Africa. They literally still have first fruit offerings. And they said, when they take offerings, people bring their corn. And I'm like, Whoa. And he says, and they do the first fruit offering and they take it seriously in other countries, which our faith is a global faith. It's not an American faith. And we have to break out of that sometimes because we can be so cultural that we miss the gospel. Jesus is not American. You understand what I'm saying? And we are kingdom first, American second. Cool? Great. All right. 
First fruits is the concept of like, I don't know what's going to happen this year, but I'm going to make an offering based on what I'm hoping for before anything else comes. And so we're, I'm talking about prayer today. I'm talking about worship. I'm talking about the Word of God. And uh, yeah, it, it, we're doing a fast right now. Uh, we, we start today a 14-day fast that any of you guys can join us to see how I did that right there. Uh, and so we've been doing a 21-day, but today you can start. Fasting, let me explain this to you. Fasting, um, there's no right way to fast. There's no wrong way to fast. Uh, if you're doing a fast and you fall off, just get back on. The enemy would love nothing more than to tell you how dumb you are and, and put shame on you and then make you quit. That's dumb. You don't do that. Not in anything. If you make a mistake, you just keep going. And so what I need you to know is when you make a sacrifice for the Lord, he loves it. Um, I believe that uh, in America, we have these things that we call the Daniel fast. And we have these fasts that we call like, like a three-day fast. Uh, I, Daniel didn't do a Daniel fast. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? It is. He just said, God, I want to give you this. And so whatever it is that is a sacrifice to you, that's what you should give him. And so if you want to give the Lord caffeine, then that's what you give him. If you want to give the Lord no meats, then that's what you give him. But if it doesn't hurt you, it doesn't honor him. It's a sacrifice. Means it should cause a lot of discomfort in your life. Does that make sense? So I'm just asking you to turn up something that's going to create discomfort in your life for the sake of God moving. Cool. Here comes the sermon now. <laughs> Can you tell I'm excited? I have really missed you guys. In Matthew chapter 4 is where we're reading. But what you need to know is that Jesus lived 33 years on this earth. We believe just about every scholar and every uh, Protestant believer believes that he started his ministry at the age of 30, which means his ministry was only three years long. Think of that. What's funny is, so the first 30 years was him just learning, loving, and being good. But this is the Lamb of God, spotless, righteous in everything that he did. And so you need to know, he wasn't like a sinner who waited to 30, he was just obeying the Father, learning, growing, learning, growing, learning, growing, and then he started. And I want you all to know that I believe God is calling you into a ministry. Cool? No, that didn't work. I believe that God is calling all of you into a ministry. For example, Peter, he said, I, you know, come and I'll make you fishers of men. He, Jesus also came to all the disciples and Peter was the only one that was willing to get out of the boat and walk on water. There's going to be a lot of times where Jesus throws an invitation out there and says, do you want to make a difference in this world? And many people go, yeah. And yeah, ain't going to, ain't going to get you. And that's not faith. That's not, that's not desire. It's going to cost you something. This, you want to change lives? Man, you want to be a doctor? You're going to pay a price to be a doctor. You know what I'm saying? You want to be a pro athlete? You're going to pay a price. You want to do great things? You pay a great price. You want to make a big difference in people's lives? You're going to pay a big price. Otherwise, just stay as comfortable as you are. Welcome to America. What's cool about Jesus before he started his ministry is in John and Matthew chapter 3, the, the very, before he started his ministry, the first thing that he did was, was he was baptized. 
He went to John and he asked John to baptize him. And John says, dude, I can't baptize you. You're the son of God. Like, I know who you are. And Jesus says, nope, it's necessary to fulfill all things. Meaning, every one of us should be water baptized. If you've not been baptized in water, that's the first thing Jesus did. And if Jesus needs to do it, Jack, let me just tell you right now, you do too, okay? Uh, and then so, uh, so Jesus was baptized, and then this is what's cool. There is only two times in Scripture that we know that the Father speaks audibly in front of Jesus. And I love what he says. Instantly after Jesus comes up out of the water, the Father says this. He says, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. That's just a nugget for you. There's no point I have about that. I just want you to know God loves you. And you bring him joy. And one of the most difficult things for me to do is pray before that is my first thought. Because if I pray anything before I remember that, prayer that day is not very effective. I want to know God loves me. He is for me. He's always listening to me. He is with me. He's on my side. He adopted me. I am now his son. He likes me. Even though my dog may not like me today, my church may not like me today, he likes me. And now we're going to do some things when we pray today. Does that make sense? You're my dearly loved son. Cool. So as we go into Matthew 4, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. One thing that's important, one of the values of our church is the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 says, the sons of God are led by the Spirit. If you are born again Christian, you're called not to be led by your schedule, not to be led by your calendar, not to be led by your children, your pastor, your friends. You're to be led by the Jesus who is God, was led by the Spirit. I'm asking you to slow your life down and ask you, do you ever feel God's pulling? Do you ever feel God's calling? Because the first thing Jesus did before he began his ministry, after he was baptized, is he obeyed the Spirit. I'm begging you to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. How do I do that, Pastor? The easiest way to learn how to hear the voice of the Spirit is to get all the other voices out. It becomes like noise. I was trying to run sound the other day. You guys know how good I sing, right? I was trying to mix the other night, and we had so many musicians up here. I couldn't hear Dean pl playing the guitar, man. He's rocking it out. Josh is rocking. I couldn't even hear him because there's too many voices. Fasting, the purpose of it is to get all the other things that you love out of your life. I love God. I know you do. I love God too. You know what else I love? French fries. I love TV. I love my couch. I love my quiet time. I love when no one's around. I love parties. I love people. I love a lot of things. But the Lord said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I want to make sure that I can know when he's talking because he has my full attention. Does that make sense? If the Lord doesn't have the greatest of your attention, what does he have? Is, is he the Lord of our life? Or is he like in the midst of everything you like? 
God's not asking to be in the fishbowl of cool things in your life. Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Let me stop there. There is a God. There is a devil. God is real. So is the enemy. And for whatever reason, we live in a culture where, I might believe in God. I don't know about that. And the one thing that the enemy would love to do is to distract you from your purpose and your mission on your life. If he can't get you to stop loving God, then his objective is to get you operating as, as little as possible fulfilling God's mission for your life. Nope. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to need some participation today because I'm excited. So, so is anyone else agree with that? That the enemy would love nothing more than to divert you from what God's calling you to do. Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted. This is crazy. This is crazy talk, Pastor. Why would you say, God doesn't want me to be tempted? Apparently, He does. Let me show you why. Because He wants you to have a ministry. He does. Let me take you to Acts chapter 13, verse 2, for just one second. In the NKJV, which is uh, my favorite Bible that I have is one I read out of, it says this, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted and prayed, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. And then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, then they sent them out. Before Paul, the apostle Paul, started his ministry on this earth, he fasted and prayed. Before the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they fasted and prayed. These are the leaders of the church. It's not different for y'all. It's not different for me. These are the forefathers, and they needed it more. So if they needed it, God knows, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, default, you need it too. And so what I love about Acts 13.2 is it says that they fasted and prayed and they ministered to the Lord. Stop for a second. You have an opportunity in your life to minister to Christ. What I love about that saying is that he loves it when you pray, but I'm not good at it. You know what? Neither was my son the first eight years of baseball, but I loved watching him. You know what I'm talking about? He's still really not that good. Just kidding. But when you're a father, you love seeing your kids. You know, they, my, my kids still bring home these drawings. <laughs> and they go, look, I drew this for you. What is it? <laughs> Great, I'm going to put it right on the refrigerator. I'm proud of it. It moves the father's heart. It doesn't matter if you're good at it. He told you to do it. And he loves it when you obey him. They fasted and prayed and ministered to the Lord. And then Paul started his ministry. And then the disciples started their ministry. And then everyone in the Old Testament started their ministry. Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Before your ministry is going to start, of any kind, you want to be significant at all? Spiritually, you can be significant in the natural. But you want to do something for eternity, it's going to start in the spirit. I, I, I know that I'm really spiritual and I'm a pastor, so I got to say, oh my goodness, I got to go. Yep. We are physical beings in a spiritual world. And it took me to be born again to know that. Cool. 
He fasted for 40 days and nights. Now, he was tempted by the devil. We know that. He was tempted when he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he became very hungry in verse 2. Well, yeah, no duh. He's fasting for 40 days. Uh, this week, I-, I was talking to Brady, and Brady turned into a T-bone steak when I was talking to him. That's all I can see. <laughs> Um, and in my life, I've learned that um, when temptation is happening, it often comes in the forms of ways that I can justify it. Uh, I'll dumb down what God's saying because I want this, and I'll believe that it's just as good. It's good. It's not the best. It's pretty good. You know what I'm talking about? And so what you need to know is that God is worthy of what he told you to do, and you're going to get tempted when doing things for the Lord. It's going to happen. You are going to be tempted in this life. So here are the three ways Jesus was tempted. I got to go fast. And um, the devil came to him and he said, during this time, the devil came to him and said, if you're the son of man, turn these stones to become loaves of bread. Now there's no harm in that. He's God. Why can't he? There's nothing wrong. There's a sinful thing in this. How cool would that be? Abracadabra. Boom. I'm hungry. And imagine how good that food would taste. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you can, I don't know. Okay, okay. Um, But Jesus answered with the word of God. Another thing that as a disciple of Jesus, you've got to know scripture. You've got to read the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. Jesus answered the devil with the word. The enemy is knocking in your life and oftentimes we're justifying it. But it, I can justify it for weeks. I'm telling you, I'm your pastor. I can justify sin in my life for a long time and not know it. But it's the word of God that always reveals what I didn't see. It's not my emotions. Because I like my sin. The next thing that happened was he was told to jump off a roof, right? And he said, that, um, he said don't worry. If you jump off this roof, angels will protect you. Okay, here's a rabbit trail. This is something that is, this is a big pillar that I don't think is a big deal for us, but I want you to understand that it's a bigger deal in, in the heaven kingdom than it is on ours. So I think people that focus too much on what I'm about to say can get lost in a bigger understanding. In scripture, um, uh, we have read that there are three archangels in scripture. Do, you, do, you, do anyone know who, what they are? Can, can you name one of them? Michael, he was one. Anyone else? Gabriel. Gabriel. Anyone know the third? Lucifer. Lucifer. Gabriel, Michael, Lucifer. Now, they all had distinct roles in the kingdom of heaven. And what one of them did, what we could see is every time we read about Gabriel in Scripture, in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, in, um, you know, I... uh, I thought this was significant. I, I read this this morning. Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer are all in the Jewish beliefs, the Christian beliefs, and the Muslim beliefs. Did y'all know that? So I'm like, this ain't like... So I'm just giving you principle right now. Okay, in principle, these were their jobs. Gabriel, every time we see him in scripture, he's delivering a message You may remember in the book of Luke, chapter 1, Gabriel came to to Mary and to to Joseph. And every time an angel shows up on the scene, the first thing he says is, don't be afraid. (laughs) Right. Because it's bigger than anything they've ever seen before and 
awesome, right? And so uh, they're terrified. And he says, don't be afraid. I have a message for you. Gabriel brings the message of God because it's important for you to understand what's going to happen. Now, the reason why I'm telling you that these three things are not important is because if you focus on these three names, you'll miss the big picture. You know what I'm talking about? His name is Jesus. I'm just trying to give you an understanding of the way the kingdom of heaven has operated before we even came onto the scenes. Gabriel brought message. Michael, anyone know what Michael did? He fought, man. Michael fought, he fought, he fought. He fights in the book of Revelation. He was the one that, 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 brought, that actually fought Lucifer and sent him down uh, to, to earth. Uh, there's another scenario in the book of Daniel where the scripture says that Daniel was fasting and praying for 21 days, believing that God would do something. And Michael showed up and he said, I'm sorry, the enemy tried to block me from getting to you. Hold on, you gotta get that. Michael's, Daniel's fasting, trying to hear from God. Daniel's his dude, and he's not getting breakthrough. And this is in Daniel chapter 9, I believe. I think we'll go with that, because I don't, uh, yeah, uh, Daniel chapter 9. So he, he's trying to get a breakthrough. And Michael says, I was trying to get to you, but the enemy was trying to prevent me. And so he's, he's warfaring on Daniel's behalf to get to Daniel. Michael fights. As a believer, our greatest warfare is prayer. Yeah. Okay? But he's going to protect us. Now, we don't pray to Michael. That's not, that's, that's Catholicism. Jesus has given us direct access Okay, everyone agree with that? Cool. The third one was Lucifer. What was Lucifer in charge of? The worship. And so one of the things that has gotten so messy over the years is worship, right? Is, is music. Music is so compelling. It draws so many people astray. It takes people from, from what was designed to be for Jesus into some dark, dark stuff. Strongholds are inside of music. It's grabbing young kids at like a young age and manipulating them into what's cool and awesome and fun. And it's, it's dark, man. Three things. In this story, Jesus was tempted in three ways. With the desire to eat food rather than the word of God, Gabriel. He was, he was uh, asked to jump off this roof because an angel will come and protect you. Don't worry about it. And, 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 and Jesus said, nope, we shouldn't tempt the Lord your God. And the third one was, he said, just worship me instead. These are three things that I think as a, as a first fruit in your life is more critical than you think. And I, so I ask you, I say all that to say this. How's your prayer life? How is your devotion to the word of God? How is your worship? Because as a, as a, all I know is that from a kingdom standpoint, it was important to the father. Some people love worship, eh, the word, you know, uh, the, the, the prayer, I'm not really good at that. Um, some people love, they, they love the word. But I'm not one of those feely guys that like to sing or really exalt the Lord or let me remind you, when we get married, we don't do for the one we love what we love. We do for them what they love. 
And when you married the Lord, there are things that he loves, that he wants to see in our lives that will enrich us in every way. The word of God, prayer, and worship. Jesus rebuked the devil on all of these things while fasting. He was being tempted to just stop fasting and go ahead and eat. Just stop. Uh, you're going to jump off this building. You're going to do something stupid. I know you, you maybe pray about it. I don't know. Just do this, Jesus. Don't worry. God's got your back. Nope. Fast and wait for an answer. Pray and wait for an answer. Pray. Get people in your life and make sure that what you're about to do is from the Lord. The third thing is to worship him. The funny thing is, in my Bible, and in just about every Bible that I, I pick up, is right after Jesus did not, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only, then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. That's the next verse, pretty wild, right? Then it says this, ministry of Jesus begins. In this season, you wanna see great things come in your life. You can't wait until God calls your name to get ready. You get ready now. You put time in. That's what athletes do. That's what musicians do. They practice, they practice, they practice. But we're believers. So what we're doing to get ready is emptying our heart of all other lovers. So it's only focused on Jesus. That's a good sermon right there. I'll tell you that right now. You don't like that? You hit your head somewhere outside. Let's pray. I believe that there's some people in this room right now that um, need God's calling you to improve your prayer life. He's calling you to devote yourself to the word of God. He's calling you to devote yourself to worship. Fasting isn't the answer. It's just uh, it's just a tool that he's giving you that will teach you how to empty your heart of all of these other things that you love that you don't realize. Man, I love food. Yeah. Do you love me? I love coffee. No, great. What is it that you love? Would you give that up for Christ? Because if you wouldn't, Jesus said you're not worthy to be my disciple. I want to follow God. You're at home today and you're hearing this and God's calling you to step up your devotion and you have misaligned your, your passion for worship or the word of God in the prayer. And I'm not asking you to say, I'm sorry. I'm asking you to say, God, I, I repent. I am gonna change this and realign my priorities right now. If that's you and any three of those falls into your world, would you raise your hand right now? God bless you, 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 God bless you. I'm only assuming that everyone else in this room is fully devoted to worship, prayer, and the scripture. Because I believe the enemy, based on what I can see in scripture, would love to do anything he can to distract you from the word, from prayer, and from worship. One last time, is there anyone else who would say, I need to, I need to change that, pastor, and I'm gonna do it right now. That's awesome. So we're going to close today. I'm going to ask God to forgive us. And then I'm going to just pray for a minute over you. And while I'm praying over you, we're, we're going to pray and ask God to forgive us all. But then I'm going to pray over you. And I'm going to ask God to give you a strategy this week on in your schedule or where or how you can change your worship. 
You can change your devotion, your prayer life, your scripture life. And I'm telling you right now, what I have found in my life, and I'm the leader of your church, I can't do this alone. I need other people to help me read my Bible. Jesus, would you forgive me? I know I've heard your voice, and I know you've called me, and I know you want to do great things in my life. And I'm asking you, you would change me. Forgive me of of complacency. Forgive me of laziness. Forgive me of loving other things more than the things you have asked me to prioritize. Would you cleanse me by the blood on Calvary? Would you cleanse me, Lord Jesus? Would you forgive me, Lord Jesus? Would you forgive me, Lord Jesus? Would you give me your Holy Spirit? Only by your Spirit can I actually obey you. Only by your Spirit will I have a hunger for your word. Only by your Spirit will I have a hunger for prayer. Only by your Spirit will I have a hunger uh, for, 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 for worship. Teach me how to love what you love. And I pray over all of you right now in the name of Jesus. Your heart would hurt when God hearts, God's heart hurts. And you would know what grieves God this week. I'm praying that God would change your eyes and he would, conviction would come back into your life. There are things that have become common to you that are not common to a holy God. And he's wanting to see those. You notice something's got to change. That ain't good. That's not good. What you have called good, he has not. And I'm asking that God would open our eyes to see those things in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would lead us. We are your sons and daughters of God. And so I pray over them right now, ears to hear, eyes to see, that we all would be born again by your spirit, led by your spirit to accomplish what you want to do in our lives. Take out of them and put into them what you want. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, awesome. Hey, what you need to know is that if Jesus needed to fast and he was already holy, something that needed to be changed and taken out of him and something that had to be put into him. I just think that's what fasting does. And so anyways, um, I don't know. Check that out. Try that out this week. 